Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. God bless you guys. God bless the world, buddy. Let's go racing. This is the Loud Pedal Podcast. A very diverse cast of automobile racing characters. With your host, NBC Sports television analyst and part-time midget racer, it's D. Welch, and Mr. Dylan Welch. Yeah, you damn right I got that out there. Yeah. All that stupid-ass flagman. They got a dumb-ass flagman they can't see. And an expert in only one category, food. Now, look how big those things are. Little meat on the bone there. And cook perfect. Well, sometimes racing, but mostly food. When you're talking a, a meal, like people I'm about to die, I will ask for 15 to 20 chicken It's heavy lunch, Tyler Burnett. It's episode 51 of the Loud Pedal Podcast here on Flow Racing. And boy, what a weekend of racing we have coming to you on Flow Racing this weekend. It is a huge weekend for the Tuscarora 50, the World 100 at Eldora Speedway, and also USAC heading to Houston for the USAC Nationals. Dylan, it doesn't get much bigger than this as far as racing on weekends. Not enough screens. I don't know how I'm going to watch it all. The good thing is we do have the flow zone this weekend on flow racing where um, we will have a producer behind the scenes flipping to each one, um, each of the races, especially on a big weekend like this with a lot of races going on. That's going to be uh, something that we already debuted this year, but we're going to roll it back out again this weekend for a huge racing uh, with the World 100, Kyle Larson going to try to defeat the dirt late model guys there for two World 100s, even though he's only running the first one because he's got to get to Richmond, uh, where Dylan's heading to run uh, the use, or the NASCAR Cup Series race at Richmond, the second round of the playoffs. Uh, we also have the Tuscarora 50, where Lance DeWeese is looking for yet another uh, Tuscarora 50 title. He won last year's event. Um, it's going to be weird not to see Larson in a sprint car, but a late model on a big weekend like this, no? Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's it's interesting to think about him not being at a marquee sprint car race, and instead he's going to be at a marquee late model race. But I think you know, it's like 
it's the next next challenge for Kyle, right? You know, he's already done about everything he can do in open wheel, you know, open wheel racing. So time to time to move on to the the fender cars and see what he can do. Today we have Jake Swanson on the show, who is heading out to Houston's. Uh, to run with the USAC National Sprint Car Series. He's currently seventh in points with the USAC Sprint Cars. Jake's had a good year, D. Welch. He's nearly won a few, but over the weekend he won the Josh Burton Memorial, which is a big local show, probably one of the biggest local shows in Indiana at Bloomington over the weekend. Yeah, a lot of USAC guys there that, you know, were that made it for all intents and purposes a USAC race. Um, you know, and so it wasn't officially, you know, sanctioned as one, but certainly the competition level was stout enough to, you know, to, to be a, a nice resume builder for Jake. So he's, uh, he's obviously been super close, you know, several different times this year. And I think it's only a matter of time, you know, before he does get one, but, um, nice, nice kind of shot in the shorts before we go to a, you know, a really big weekend, obviously at Houston's and, um, you know, maybe you can ride that momentum into a, a big payday this weekend. The biggest story of the weekend, though, belonged to Brian Tyler becoming the oldest Silver Crown Series winner at DuCoin, Illinois. I think I was texting you and, and joking. That man is going to have a beer in hand as soon as he gets out of that car. Uh, what a legend and what a huge win for that guy. Yeah, that, that was awesome. You know, he's obviously, uh, you know, I, I think it was he hadn't won a race in 10 years or something. And it was first start in two years or something like that. I mean, just, you know speaks to him and he's obviously one of the best. I mean, he's a USAC national sprint car champion, uh, multi-time, you know, to, so jumping back in a silver crown car is, is no challenge for him, but, um, kind of interesting, you know, that, you know, I was watching the broadcast and there was some talk about, you know, how few guys like Cody, I think mentioned in his fast time interview, it's like how few guys in the field have raced at daytime to coin, uh, and Brian Tyler had, you know, so I think, uh, you know, whether that experience really made a difference or not, I don't know, but, you know, cool that, you know, kind of in an old school race, a daytime to coin race, which we haven't had for, you know, almost 20 years, uh, that, you know, Tyler scores one for the old guys. It makes the track extremely narrow, but, uh, extremely challenging as well. Um, I think Jerry Coons Jr. He was the hard charger. I think he mentioned, Let's just hope we come back to the nighttime next year. Is <laughs> what he said in his interview on Flow after the race. I mean, daytime racing is just is what it is. I mean, they had a daytime race in the Labor Day Classic at Port Royal. Track conditions typically at Port Royal when they have a day race are better, uh, are pretty good compared to most race tracks. But um, just a lot of cars, a lot of classes there at the Labor Day Classic and, and the track. Um, you know, a little bit narrow for Danny Dietrich to win, but daytime racing. Um, just, it's just not as good. It doesn't, it doesn't keep the moisture in the racetrack as much. It, it doesn't, you know, really become conducive to many racing lanes. And, um, that's tip. I mean, that's really the reason why we race late, isn't it? I mean, just well, because of that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cause it's obviously harder to keep moisture in the track, but DuCoin, you know, they got a ton of rain there obviously over the weekend. So a lot of times when that happens, you know, the track is packed super tight and everything else just to try to make sure there's not, you know, the track doesn't flood. Um, you know, but so then when it does get, you know, cut up to race, that's just dry. So, uh, yeah, I mean, do, you know, I think, uh, I think car one, you know, Springfield in the daytime, Springfield belongs in the afternoon and Ducoin, I think has proved that it belongs at night. So I'm, I'm all in favor of going back to the night race next year. And of course the Hoosier hundred is no longer as pea gravel sits on top of it. Thanks to the, 
uh, state fair board and those who love racing in Indianapolis. Um, so we will not be going back to the Indy mile <laughs> probably ever now. Right. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, we still have Springfield and new coin and those are great mile racetracks. And it's fun to see the silver crown series uh, race there. And it was cool to see Brian Tyler win. Um, let's get to our sun dollar restoration hat shakes of the week brought to you by sun dollar restoration. You can visit them at sundollar.net. Jason and Kim support, um, Zeb Wise, they support you, uh, Cannon Posey, Christian Bruno, among others uh, in the racing community. And Jason says his hat shake is going to Zeb and the team winning at Attica on Friday night. They have had, uh, let's see, they've had a tough, they've had a tough uh, month here or so, um, trying to put some finishes together. But it's not been for the lack of trying and it's not been for the lack of speed. And um, a first and a second place finish at Attica, I guess. That's a pretty good hat shake from Jason, no? No, I, I agree, and I think that's that's worthy of one, whether Jason's on the side of the car or not. You know, I think he's Zeb is has had a really tough stretch. You know, it's it's he's obviously you know torn up some cars through you know really through no fault of his own, but uh, you know been been tough, and especially you know as a first year guy, you know it, it it's easy to get down on yourself. So that was that was good for Zebby to to have a good weekend and have a consistent you know good weekend too. I think. Uh, hopefully can kind of get their ship right and get them back in the right direction. Daniel Robinson. You may remember that name from flipping off Sammy Swindell at the Chili Bowl while at speed, passing him in his qualifier. He won the USAC Midwest Regional Midget Series race at DuCoin. So congratulations uh, to Daniel Robinson, who um, if you, I think we mentioned this already on the podcast this year, that he actually sold T-shirts from the Chili Bowl and used that money to buy his son a micro sprint and then made it a Sammy Swindell paint scheme. The 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 number one channel lock car. That's pretty freaking cool. That is cool. I love that. <laughs> Empire Super Sprints Larry White. You see him race at the Chili Bowl. He won at the Brewerton Speedway. Uh, who else? We mentioned Jake Swanson won at Bloomington in the Midwest Sprint Car Series. Max Stanball back to victory lane at Hartford Motor Speedway uh, with fast 410 sprint cars, uh, while Noah Gass won at Jacksonville in the 410 sprint cars. Congratulations to them. They've been looking for a win here uh, of late. James McFadden won at Skagit, Mo Skagit Speedway. I almost said Skagit Motor Speedway. Skagit Speedway with the World of Outlaws. Um, who else won with the World of Outlaws this weekend? I'm not sure. <clears throat> I'm going to have to look that up here in a second. Shoehart, maybe? Did he win uh, last night? Oh, yes. Yes, Shoehart won last night. Um, Brent Marks won at Williams Grove on Friday. Spencer Baston won at Attica. I mentioned Zeb finished second. Baston, did you see him monster trucking down the backstretch? You look like when I was racing on R-Factor with the Boss Sprint Cars, you'd go off the backstretch and go like almost down to the horse track and then propel yourself back onto the track. He was trying to find any kind of grip. He was looking for it on the outside of the racetrack. I did not see that, but I believe that you were a menace on our factor. That does not surprise me. <laughs> I was. Uh, congratulations to Spencer Basin on winning uh, another for Sam McGee this year at Attica. They should be tough at um, Port uh, this weekend at the Tuscarora 50. They're going to be fun to watch, uh, among others. Alex Bright won with the USAC East Coast Sprint Cars at Delaware International Speedway. I imagine he extended his point lead over... Briggs Danner, it's coming down to the wire there with that uh, points championship. 
who else do we have winning here? Wesley Smith won with the USAC Midwest uh, Wingless Racing Association. That was at I-35 Speedway. Tyler Esch won at Lincoln Speedway with the winged 410 Sprint Cars. Um, who else? Lance DeWeese, winner at Port Royal Speedway. It was his 119th win. He's now within 10 of Keith Kaufman for the most wins at Port Royal Speedway. And uh, he's got three chances this weekend, D. Welch. Would you bet against the 69K this weekend? I think you'd be. I think it'd be hard to. I think there's certainly plenty of guys that'll that'll challenge him, uh, but it's hard to hard to bet against, uh, you know, him with his experience and the amount of laps he's got around that place and that car too. Our episode 50 guest Dominic Selzy won at Silver Dollar Speedway. Oh, that was right. Brad Sweet won at Skagit. So, uh, putting together his championship performance here, yet another win with the World of Outlaws. Brad Sweet, uh, winner there. AJ Flick won at Tri-City Raceway Park with the Wing 410 Sprint Cars. Timez won the Badger Midget Auto Racing Association feature. Uh, why the heck is he racing with those guys? But anyways, uh, Angel Park Speedway, he beat Kevin Olsen. I saw Kevin Olsen. I think Kevin Olsen was a hard charger. Was he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Timez, uh, Timez, won. No. Timez ran the Honda. Oh, did he? That was a that was the support class to the USAC race. Oh, that's right. Okay, so he he ran he ran the Honda. Uh, who, who was that? Who was he running for? RMS. Oh, okay. So it was their it was their car. So that was the support class on the night that Tanner Thorson won at Angel Park Speedway with the USAC National Midget Series. Didn't you call a race there with he and Rico where he was, um, you know, nipped at the line? Isn't that in our intro? Where he was nipped at the line is. by Rico. I mean, yep. that's got to be in a redemption win, no? That was the, that was the last time USAC was there. A little bit of redemption there for Tanner Thorson, uh, being inches away from winning at Angel Park the last time they were there and uh, winning the Fireman's Classic. You were right; it was the Fireman's Nationals or whatever it was uh, this weekend at the Angel Park Speedway for USAC. It was fun seeing them. I I gotta admit, not seeing the guardrail there is just weird. Yeah, I agree. I think that uh, I think that's a huge miss from the uh, Angel Park Speedway board or whoever makes made that decision because uh, I think it just added a whole different level of uniqueness to that racetrack. So I wish they'd bring it back too. Ty Mahako won at Kokomo Speedway with the non-wing 410 sprint cars. Congratulations to them. Paul Silva and Justin Sanders won the King of the West sprints presented by NARC at Silver Dollar Speedway. Uh, we're getting ready to talk to Jake Swanson about Damian Gardner and Brody Roa's uh, spat over the weekend at the Silver Dollar Speedway in Chico. What would you think of the move? Were you okay with it? What's your opinion? I don't know. I mean, I think that they they have such a rivalry now, and they both just want to, you know, beat each other so bad that I don't even know if you can pick sides in it anymore. You know, it's like it's it's just comical at this point. It's just, you know, it's just entertainment. The best part is that the demon obviously gets the better of him. He wins the race. I think Roa ended up finishing third. Uh, Charge and Charles was there in second, I think. Um, but Damien spent his whole victory lane interview just, you know, talking shit to Brody Rella. <laughs> like he wasn't even yeah, talking about the win. Ball. He didn't care about the win. He's just like, that's what, did, what was he saying? Something about, um, a rain check or 
you had yeah. you, know, you had a rain our check buddy, for that our, or something. What was that? Our buddy, our buddy Drake York was staying in there doing the interview. He didn't know what the hell to do. <laughs> well, Roa has moved him a couple times this year, and I'm pretty sure that was in the back of his mind. But oh, I mean, yeah, I think what made him even about every other week. I think what made him even more mad though was that Roa jumped the start, <laughs> the final restart, yeah. Yeah. and that's the reason why he moved him. I think. It's always something. The demon is always going to be the demon, and man, we love him. Uh, he's very entertaining. He's a great race car driver, and um, when you put a microphone in his face, you never know what you're going to get. It's kind of like Robert Ballou or or uh, one of the, some of these other guys out here that they just will say whatever they want. I, I don't don't I don't think that Robert typically gets too much of a a tantrum towards other people, though. You know, like I think. I think Gardner takes personal, which I mean, rightfully so. Um, but I, I do love that rivalry, though. I think that's the reason why I watch CRA right now. Oh, I do too. I think it's fun. I think it's 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 entertaining to watch, right? I mean, the racing is always great too, but I think this rivalry has elevated it to another level. Carson Macedo won at Skagit Speedway with the World of Outlaws. Geez, they raced like four times uh, there over the weekend. Um, so. Let's see if I'm missing anything else. Aaron Reitzel back to victory lane, 15,000 to win at Wayne County Speedway with the 410 sprint cars. I think he's going to be tough at Port Royal uh, this weekend in the eight car. I think he finished second to Danny Dietrich in the Labor Day Classic, though that track's going to be not really a track that we see um, over this weekend. But Reitzel, had, I think, who was I talking to the other day? There are like three guys that can do it at Port, like, like find Jesus entering turn three. Um, Anthony Macri, Aaron Reitzel, and you know Lance Deweese. So like those three are to me going into this weekend are going to be some of the toughest guys to beat in the Test Score Fifty because they just know how to run the top in three. I mean it's a commitment. You have to really send it in there and and like I said, find Jesus at that place because that place is not for the faint of heart. No, it's not. It's it's one of the one of the baddest racetracks in the country and. Uh, I'm glad I get to just sit back and watch because there's those guys that can do it right or are special talents for sure. You wouldn't be able to do it, you don't think? I don't think so. <laughs> Grace Harbor, Logan Shuhart won with the World of Outlaws. Um, Austin Williams won the USAC CRA sprint car race at Petaluma Speedway on Monday. Then, of course, we mentioned Danny Dietrich won the winged 410 sprint car at the Labor Day Classic. At Port Royal. If we forgot you, well, we forgot about Parker Price Miller. He won. Uh, Gavin Bochelle won well. his first power I race, too, at Lake Ozark. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Congratulations to – how old is he, 12? 13, I think, or 14. <sighs> going to be a good one. He's Gavin Bochelle, winner at uh, Power I. Where was that at? Lake Ozark? Lake, Lake Ozark. Congratulations to – Gavin and the rest of those who won over the weekend. Those are our Sun Dollar Restoration Hat Shakes of the Week. Well, who do you got first? I'm going Critter Malone, MSCS winner at Hobstot. My man. Old Critter. He yep. doesn't have social media, but someone posted on his behalf that he did win at Tri State. I saw Ross Weisman over there too for his bachelor party. He got yep. to see a Critter win. That's pretty big. I know. How about that's pretty damn awesome. <laughs> I'm pretty jealous of that. <laughs> that is. Um, 
that's a that's a big win uh, for Critter Malone winning uh, the MSCS race at the Tri-State Speedway. Um, who do I who do I give mine to? Who else do we got? <clears throat> you just read about fifteen names. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Maybe I should give mine to Drake York for standing in the line of fire uh, <laughs> during that during that interview with Damian Gardner. Um, you know, not happy with Brody Rilla. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. Drake York. He's had a good he's had a good year with USAC. Um, still plugging away, helping us out on flow racing, and doing a good job. So. Uh, good on you for standing in there and letting him just talk. See, a lot of announcers pull the microphone. It's like, yep. your job is to entertain those people in the stands. Like, if you pull that microphone, you eat. literally didn't do your job. Yep. Let him let him go. You're just going to make him more mad, him making eat. him not letting him talk. Yep. Let him eat. And uh, boy, was it entertaining with the USAC CRA Sprint Car Series. we got to keep watching them the rest of the year. All right, so congratulations. Sun Dollar Restoration Hat Shakes of the Week go to Critter Malone, who is still doing it. Won the MSCS race at Tri-State. And then Drake York, who has been working with Flow Racing and USAC this year, uh, doing some pit reporting. Let's get to talking to Jake Swanson. He is next on episode 51. But before we do that, I need to mention we are presented by Quick Pits. QuickPits.com is your one-stop shop for over 350,000 national parts and accessories from the brands you demand. Truck, Jeep, Auto, and ATV with fast, free shipping to your door. Use promo code FLOWSPORTS at checkout for additional savings. That's promo code FLOWSPORTS. Let's talk to Jake Swanson. He is next. This is episode 51 of the Loud Pedal Podcast here on Flow Racing. And we're back on episode 51 of the Loud Pedal Podcast here on Flow Racing. We're joined by one of our good buddies, Jake Swanson, who drives for Team AZ in the USAC National Sprint Car Series. Winner at Bloomington. He won the Josh Burton Memorial over the weekend. Also finished third in the USAC Silver Crown Race at DuCoin. Jake, big win at Bloomington. I'm sure that uh, had to feel good for you guys getting ready to go to the Houston's uh, Nationals this weekend. Yeah, yeah, it was... Uh... It was a good confidence booster for sure, you know, to be able to beat. There was a lot of USAC guys there. And so being able to to beat those guys, um, obviously we still haven't managed to get a USAC win yet officially, but um, being able to beat those guys, is it feels good. We know we're capable of doing it. So it's just a matter of um, the way the cards fall sometimes and um, turning the screws the right way and making good choices. You've obviously, I mean, I know in the past you've raced – USAC national events and I mean obviously you've raced the Chili Bowl so you're used to that national level of competition but doing it your first year you know full-time season racing against these national guys what has been the biggest thing that surprised you or that you found you know difficult or most challenging about about doing what you're doing this year well um at first it was adapting to the racetracks um these places here are um, they're more bull ringy. Um, there's a lot more stop and go. And so when we showed up with our cars out here, we had, we had them kind of tuned to racetracks that were more, um, momentum oriented. 
So the things railed more, um, didn't have big brakes on them. And so ever since we came back here, we had to really adjust. Um, not so much the, uh, not so much the setup a little bit, but, but mainly the race car, you know, we've got some, some big wheel with brakes on it. And, um, um, you know, me, as far as learning the racetracks go was, was honestly, that was huge. I, I felt like after SmackDown or I felt like going into SmackDown, Kokomo was one of the only places that I just didn't feel comfortable with. Um, I've, we've run good there before, but on the bottom, not so much on the top. Um, it's not like I'm afraid of the cushion or anything, but it's just one of those places. It's kind of hard to, to figure out, hard to hit, hard to, to keep speed, keep momentum. It's all about straight lines. Um, and learning the lines at that place was, was really challenging. But after SmackDown, after leaving SmackDown, I feel really good about that place. And I feel good about everywhere now. Um, everywhere in the state, I think that um, we're capable of winning at. Um, we're still obviously learning. We're still still getting closer and figuring it out. But I think that we are we're capable of running top three to top five every night. And that's what it takes to win. I guess the decision to come out here and run with these boys with the USAC National Sprint Car Series. Um, that's, you know, a lot of guys have made the decision to move out, you know, KT. And um, there's so many guys who have been with the series for such a long time. Um, what goes into that? What goes into the mindset of wanting to run nationally with these boys and, and you know, kind of make it your career? Well, uh, they're the best in the business. So uh, when it comes to non-league sprint car racing, this is where it's at and this is this is always something that we've um, we wanted to win on, on the national level. We've always wanted to wanted to do that. It's much harder when you're from the West Coast to do that. Um, the bottom line is you just don't race enough out there. You you run maybe a quarter of the races, a third of the races, and you when you race once or twice a month on the West Coast, there's no time to learn. There's no time to to try anything. You're scared to try anything because. If you make a mistake, you lose that night, and you're not going to run again for another couple of weeks. So, um, making that transition was—I um, wouldn't say it was a no-brainer, but the way that the uh, the opportunity arose, it made it an easy decision. And um, you know, with the way it really went down was was COVID hit. I actually got busier with work in California, um, but racing just came to a standstill out there. And so I kind of brought it up as a joke, like. Hey, we're spending so much in plane tickets to move to, uh, to to come race out here, and it's we can't race as much as we want to. Um, we're much more liable to winning races if we can run all the time. And um, you know, they were like, "Well, if you find a place, we can house the race car in it. <laughs> we'll do it." And so it uh, it just kind of just kind of happened. I've been saving money for for a long time trying to buy a house, and and buying a house in California was going to be still a long ways out, but buying something here was going to be an option. So I was able to put a down payment down and get, get a place with just a barely big enough full barn to put in three sprint cars, two silver crown cars and all the stuff that goes along with it. Yeah. I think those comments are interesting because I was reading uh, a story on Max Adam, who's is another California guy in, in sprint car midget magazine. And he kind of mentioned the same thing about how, you know, it's like just being out in Indiana, you know, it, it helps you as a driver because you you don't have to wait so long between races to either try stuff on your car or try stuff behind the wheels. So I think that's an interesting interesting perspective. But what have you what have you noticed, you know, at this point of the year with your driving that, you know, maybe even being in Indiana has 
has allowed you to improve upon or, or you know, or something like that since since you did make the move? You know, that's that's a good question. I've really I thought about that, actually, um, after SmackDown, where I felt like there was um, I felt like I had fundamentals. I had all the fundamentals from racing in California. Uh, you know how to get a race car around a racetrack. You know how to run the cushion, how to run the bottom. You know when the tires are busted free and when they're when they're hooked up and you're going forward. Um, but what you don't know is is and what you don't have the ability to work on is the sharpness. And so I felt like I was, you know, maybe seventy to eighty percent across the board on my race car driving skills. And this being able to race as much as we are, I've been able to take that extra twenty percent and hone everything that I needed to work on. Um, I feel like I'm I'm more aggressive, but I'm also smarter. I make I make good decisions in lap traffic. Um, like I've I watched a race from the beginning of the year till right now, and I'm I'm just um, yeah I, I can see that I can visually see the improvement. So it it just makes a difference. It's it's really sharpness, and I, I feel I've always said that there's a lot of good race car drivers in California. Um, unfortunately, we we all get our asses kicked when we go. Uh, and race with the national boys and when they come to us and that's that really hurts more than anything is when we've been running at paris all year and they come out and they just obliterate us but it's because they're sharp it's because this is where it's at the technology is here um and so I, it's, it's not just the race cars it's the drivers and and um you know across the board they're just able to be better and i, I think i truly believe that there are as good um as much of talent in California as there is out here, they just don't get to race enough. You mentioned that you still haven't uh, broken through with that first USAC national sprint car win. It came close in Ocala and, and even at Lawrenceburg uh, during Indiana Sprint Week. Um, it hasn't been for a lack of effort, though. I mean, you've, you've really been in a chance to win a race here, and I know there's been a couple heartbreaks. Yeah, that's for sure. There's been there's been a few that have got away that uh, – Man, I just you just lose sleep over, and and not just me, and my race team too. We all want it so bad. Um, it's and really, you know, there's there's an aspect, a race or two where it was it was driver. You know, um, there was a race or two where it was race car. I felt like I I needed to um, needed to be a little bit better in an area, and then there was a race or two where it was just a, a mistake from lack of knowledge of of being out here. I mean, it sounds stupid I'm, I'm not afraid to admit it i i had a problem with fuel i i bought fuel three days before the race and um had it sitting had it sitting out and it's just so humid out here that the fuel went bad in those three days because maybe a little bit of water got on top of it and and uh that was lawrenceburg that, that that cost us that race at lawrenceburg we were the fastest car on the racetrack for the first 15 and then um that I couldn't spin the tires um nozzles were totally plugged up and i didn't know what happened but you know, you can't really point a finger at anybody but yourself. You just got to uh, be better. You just got to learn and, and be better next time. How has this move and everything that you guys have gone through uh, on you, how has it been made easier because you got the support of your wife and, and who is a racer herself and, and gets it, you know, like, like how, how big has that been through this whole thing? You know, it really wouldn't be possible for us to be where we are without her. Uh, and I'm not just saying that. She's she's a true badass. I mean, I just got back from uh, the Silver Crown race in DeCoin, and I'm, I'm gassed. Like, I, I couldn't even drive home because I was so tired from 
getting everything out there and getting the car built that we crashed at SmackDown. And um, so she was able to drive the rig. She's able to do a lot of the stuff. She's able to build shocks when I need her to. Um, so it's, it's huge. Her being a racer, she understands when I work 14 hour days that this is just the way that it is. And um, if you want it bad enough, you're going to do that. You're going to do whatever it takes. And she's not going to complain about it because in the end, it's, it's what we all want. It, it helps her too. I mean, it, at this point now, it's how I pay my mortgage. So I have no choice but to succeed. So um, I have her support 110%. And I'm very appreciative and thankful that she not only knows racing, but she knows how to work on them. And anything that I need, I can ask her to do and she can handle. I know you mentioned that you had the Silver Crown cars out in your shop along with your Sprint cars. Um, yesterday, third place finish at DuCoin. You've actually been really fast in that thing this year. Have you had a lot of fun in it? Yeah, I absolutely love Silver Crown racing. Um, I love the the mental aspect of it. I feel like it's really taxing. You know, 100 miles, 100 laps. Um, it's and, and if you miss your mark, especially last night, I mean, if, if you miss it by a foot and a half, you're you're on ice and uh, you're gonna end up plugging the fence if you miss it by six inches you're you're gonna lose a lot of time on a mile racetrack you know it could be could be half a second it could be seconds so um knowing how hard to push when to push when to pass and uh when to hold i'm i've really i feel like i've developed a lot when it comes to that racing and i don't know how many races we run nine races or so but i think that uh um I think that I'm actually, a, I'm going to be a pretty decent Silver Crown racer. I'm, I'm gaining on it. I think I'm getting close. And I have, luckily, I have a really good race team behind me. And, and it's cool because they're from Arizona, too. So they're from the Western States also. I got, they, they got a guy out there that builds our engines. Uh, basically, everything's done as far as, uh, you know, owner, crew chief, everything is, is Western States. And to me, I, I hold a lot of, of, of merit with that. I, I think that... Um, at the end of the day, when we do win these USAC races, that's going to be something that we can hang our hats on. You know, there's a lot of people that come out here from California and they jump in with Indiana teams. They jump in with, or they hire an Indiana crew chief or whatever the case. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, that's the, probably the smarter way to do it because they, you have experience of people from Indiana. But um, I think it would be, I think it would be a huge statement to, um, to come out here and win with a, a Western States crew chief, driver, owner, um, race team in general. There's, there's really, um, I, I just think it's, um, that would definitely be something to be proud of for sure. So looking forward to being able to do that. And then, and it's obviously the Silver Crown deal with the DMW Motorsports team, Mickey Meyer. Um, really, really funny guy, really cool, cool guy to work with. Uh, but he's smart. He knows his stuff and, and he knows Silver Crown cars. And so, been very fortunate to have him as not just a uh, not just a, an owner and a crew chief, um, but as a friend and, and sort of a driver coach. And um, you know, it's obviously we've come a long way in a short amount of time, and we're just going to keep on plugging away at it and keep our heads down. It's coming soon. Yeah, Mickey's one of a kind for sure. So uh, <laughs> we're talking about all this West Coast stuff, Western State stuff. I feel like I need to ask you about your opinion of the Damien versus Brody Roa. Uh, scuffle over the weekend as a, as a guy who's obviously raced with both of them and, and everybody else out there. So uh, what is your opinion of, of what all went down there? I mean, Demon obviously is Demon. He's going to do his thing, right? But uh, 
what's your opinion of all that? You know, I, and I've, I've actually had some, uh, some scuffles this year myself. And I, I don't know if it's my personality. It's just kind of the choice that I've made to, I try to stay above that. I feel like it doesn't really do anybody any good to, uh, to bad mouth and, and talk and, and just, you know, <laughs> just scream at the other guy over, um, you know, over what happened. And obviously there's, there's emotions. There's a lot that goes into that. Um, I, I wouldn't, um, we do know how the dame, the demon is. Uh, I've, I've raced with him a lot, like you said, and he's one of those guys. I, I have a lot of respect for what he does in the race car. I have a lot of respect for, um, what he's, what he's accomplished because he's smart. He does it himself, you know, and, and maybe that's because people can't work with him or maybe that's because he's smart enough to do it himself. But either way, he's had a lot of success um, because of that and, and how he's done it. And I think that, um, you know, like I said, I have a lot of respect for that. But when it comes to uh, some of the moves that he's put on, on me even, uh, it's, it's like, okay, that, that was a little questionable. Um, but if he feels like, if he feels like he, uh, he got dirty by you, then he's, that's how he's going to race you. And so if you don't talk to him about it, that's how it's going to be. And I think that uh, I, I wouldn't place blame on either parties. I, I think it's just one of those rivalries that, you know, one guy, one guy wheels one guy one night five years ago and, and roots him out of the way a little bit. Maybe it wasn't dirty. Maybe it was. But the other guy's upset about it. He's got his feelings hurt about it. And it, it just snowballs into this thing where now we're, now we're trying to crash each other over it. <laughs> and luckily, they didn't, they didn't crash each other. And I, I would say that Damien just he knocked him out of the way because he felt like he deserved to do that. Um, but really nobody knows the whole story. So uh, all you can do is, uh, is stand up for yourself when, it, when you got somebody screaming at you on the mic. And I think that, um, you know, it's just, uh, it's just one of those things. I'll probably just keep it at that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd have FOMO for missing out on all the entertainment over there. I mean, it's you definitely entertaining. It's funny. <laughs> it is entertaining. I feel like, you know, because I, Nobody really tweets about it or anything. I feel like it's one of those guilty pleasures that everyone, everyone over here watches like from afar, but they don't really talk about it. It's sort of like, like, like you know, um, my wife watching The Bachelor. Like she doesn't want to admit it, but she does it because it's really exciting and it's fun. And you kind of turned it into a drinking game. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely but, be it's uh, definitely become like a yeah a guilty pleasure is a good word for it. It's it's definitely yeah. the racing's always been good, but it's like the off track stuff this year is like taking it to another level. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah we love you sexy all right um you still are working um the the shock business too right what what all do you guys do there and, and where are you doing that at yeah so that's that's all in my shop too and basically what that was is um that was that was started because i i never really thought i'd ever make it out here um i never thought that i'd not to say that i wouldn't make it i never thought i'd have the opportunity to come out here luckily team arizona gave me that opportunity. But um, I started that shock business to kind of make a little bit of side money. And um, obviously it helps when you're working on your own stuff, you can tune on your stuff and you can make it better. You can check if there's a problem because you've got a dyno. And if there is a problem the day before race, you can take care of it. And so I needed a way to sort of sustain that. Um, I wanted to be able to pay for the ability to do that. And so, I, uh, I started that business and um, it's, it's been really great. I started on the West Coast just as a dealer for ARS first and then eventually turned to uh, CSI and ARS. So that way guys 
in the Western states, they had somebody to take their stuff to who could fix it. Um, otherwise, you're red labeling the stuff and you're trying to get it back in a week and it's got to be in line and you end up with astronomical shipping fees and, and you, you might not make it back. You might not have your stuff back in time to, uh, to race. And so that was why I did that. That was why I started it. Unfortunately, when I moved out here, it kind of negated that, but I'm still keeping it going because I have really good customers in California, um, excellent customer base, good working relationship. And so I didn't want to leave them high and dry. And that's why I just kind of been, it's, it's really difficult because we're working so much on the race cars and, and traveling and everything, but, um, I'm still squeezing in shocks. My wife's being able to, to help me is huge with, with a lot of that stuff. She was working there when, before we moved, um, out here, she was working there in California. So, uh, it's been really good, but the biggest thing is just being able to, to, to kind of stay on the cutting edge and, and no one really knows what you're running. I like that too. Dylan, you're muted. Muted. There we go. You got me. Was I muted? Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, so we got Houston's this weekend, you know, big money race, obviously, you know, cool three day event. Um, what does that do for you? I mean, as a guy who's still like we, like we've talked about, you know, is, is learning some of these racetracks and, and really a lot of guys are going to be learning Houston's, but having three nights back to back like that in the test day Thursday, how valuable is that to, to try to cash in on Saturday? Man, it's huge. And I feel like, so I've got, um, Mike, Mike Burkhardt, he's my co-car owner and crew chief. Um, he's really sharp when it comes to working on these things. And I feel like every time we go to a racetrack, starting from Florida, uh, it only takes us two nights to really get it figured out. Kokomo took us a little longer, but for the most part, he can, he can get it dialed in. Um, and I can develop with my driving in two to three nights. We can get really good really good I, I felt like we left florida and it was like that the last night rained out and we were so bummed because we knew we had such a good shot at winning the, the the next night we knew exactly what we were lacking and what we needed and where we needed to go so um having this practice night's huge we're trying to make it in time for practice i've got uh, i've got a car almost all the way done i'm just waiting on parts right now and uh if we can get those in time to make it to practice we're, we're going to be sitting pretty good because um obviously four nights Four nights of running is going to be huge, and and uh, the final night being that big payday, that's that would be really nice. That'd be a really really nice first USAC win, that's for sure. You got to feel pretty good going into there because not everyone has a lot of laps there. I mean, hardly anybody has. I mean, they race in 2016, I guess. So some of the older guys have a few laps there, but not very many. I, I always like going to places like that where it sort of levels the playing field a little bit. Everyone's kind of starting over. I felt like we had that in Pennsylvania um, a little bit, and, and that kind of showed we ran pretty good there at times because of that. So, um, yeah, no, I, I'm really looking forward to that. I think it also sort of caters to um, some of the tracks that I've been running this year. I've run a lot of local stuff with the Daming family, uh, that 5T, and I, I, I don't know, obviously, because I haven't been on it. I've been on that racetrack, but I feel like it seems to race similar to maybe similar to Lincoln Park, and and it just doesn't develop a big curb, and um, you know it's 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 a bull ring, and I feel like we we're definitely we've upped our bull ring game at this point. So I'm extremely confident going in. It's just a matter of uh, like I said, the way the cards fall, putting ourselves in position. We got to qualify in the top six. So we got to be in position, and it, it will come. 
For sure. Well, we're taking away from time for you to be working on your race car because you got to leave here soon. So um, thanks for coming on the show. We appreciate you making time for us. Um, good run over the weekend winning at Bloomington and uh, top three in the Silvercon race. And hopefully you can get that big money this weekend. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Huge fan of the show and um, happy to be on it.